0: Bobo Network is the bomb The cutting edge of geekdom Comics, advice, D&D Movies, video games, RPGs Finding it's easy, just stay calm episode of The Tome Show is brought to you by Noble Knight, where out of print is available again. And listeners like you, thanks for using The Tome's Amazon and D&D Classics affiliate links.
1: Hi, I'm Steve Kenson of Green Running Publishing. You're listening to The Tome Show.
0: Welcome to The Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interviews show And I'm your tome host, Jeff Greiner.
2: And I'm your co-host, Tracy Hurley. And in this episode, number 255, we want to welcome all of you to a discussion with Steve Kenson on inclusivity and diversity, both in-game and as part of the gaming community.
0: That's right. And if you don't want to hear about making your game more inclusive uh, and more welcoming to a broader range of players and growing the community to a healthy size so we can continue to get great products... Um. then this isn't the episode for you. So um, move along. Before we dive into that, though, uh, we first need to remind you that Noble Knight is back because they love us and we love them. They are a brick-and-mortar game store that also makes great online sales. They carry all of the latest gaming products but specialize in finding out-of-print games. And our pick for this episode is the Blue Rose RPG, Blue Rose is inspired by romantic fantasy, including the works of Mercedes Lackey, Diane Duane, and Tamora Pierce. It also happens to have been written by our guest, Steve Kenson. Check it out over at Noble Knight for about $25. Rudy, I have a big problem. I can't find a place to buy or sell gaming products. You know, I had that problem, too. Then I went to my DM. He told me about NobleKnight.com. Isn't that one of those internet stores? They are, but they're also a brick-and-mortar game store. Since using Noble Knight, I feel great. I can buy D&D and other tabletop RPG products from any edition, even stuff that's out of print. That does sound pretty great. Just pretty great. Get this, Noble Knight has all that at a discounted price. And with Noble Knight, I can
1: even sell them my old gaming products I'm not using anymore. Oh, wow. I've got to check it out. You don't have to ask your DM if noblenight.com is right for you. We're pretty sure it is, since you're listening to a podcast about the minutiae of tabletop RPGs. People who use noblenight.com experience joy, having more money in their bank accounts, and lots of awesome gaming sessions. Seriously, why haven't you checked them out yet? Jeff Greiner uses noblenight. So should you.
0: Well, my life is changed. It sure is, buddy. Soon, all our lives will be changed. Now... On to the interview with Steve Kinson. Tracy, take it away.
2: We are here now with Steve Kenson from Green Ronin, who has worked on uh, many great gaming products, such as Mutants and Masterminds, Blue Rose, and the upcoming Out of the Abyss adventure being published by Wizards of the Coast. He's also been an advocate for the LGBT community in gaming. Welcome to the show, Steve.
1: Thanks very much for having me.
0: So we're talking about uh, sort of inclusivity in in gaming and what have you. Uh, And I thought it might be... useful to start off by talking about what do we mean when we talk about inclusivity?
1: Well, I think that's an excellent question. And really, what we're really talking about in terms of, of inclusivity from, from my perspective is uh, a sense literally, you know of what it means that everyone's included. Um, that um, the, the games themselves, the game settings, um, the game community uh, as a whole uh, is open to everyone um, One of the things that really drew me um, to tabletop gaming when I was a teenager was uh, the was the, the sort of inherent you know um, inclusivity of, uh, the community because I was, you know, a, a shy, geeky kid, um, and like a lot of shy, geeky kids, you know, um, gaming was a great outlet for me, um, to make friends and to be part of a community. Uh, and I think that, you know, to me, it's, it's a matter of paying that forward, um, for the gaming community to to continue to be as inclusive and as open as it possibly can be. Yeah, uh, go
2: ahead. Actually, uh, kind of along those lines, one of the things I was thinking about with that question too is we often want to have a variety of games. So sometimes a specific game may want to exclude certain Um, categories of people, depending, like, I can think of scenarios where that could happen. But Mm -hmm. I think also part of it is that we don't want games to um, unknowingly uh, exclude people. Like, they just never thought about including those people in.
1: Right. Absolutely. And I think that there's there's a definite difference between making a clear design decision to limit the focus of a game or a milieu or a setting um for specific purposes and like you said you know just sort of uh, overlooking the notion of including a uh, a significant portion of your audience
0: yeah and i think it's it's like you could think of inclusivity in multiple ways right on one hand um if i'm interested in a certain style of play like, we're not so concerned about whether or not games are inclusive of all styles of play, right? Um, no,
1: we're more concerned about whether or not games are inclusive of all kinds of people.
0: Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And and typically, um, when we have concerns about inclusivity in games uh, and in the community today, it tends to be... Um, LGBTQ. It tends to be uh, female. It tends to, uh, minorities, uh, body types. Even. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I missing any categories where there have been concerns?
1: Oh, well, surely there there are also concerns about um, people um, with different uh, levels of ability. Hmm. Um, you know, one area we're touching upon uh, in the development of, of Blue Rose is you know the roles for for people who have various. Uh, disabilities in terms of you know how are characters like them portrayed as heroes mm-hmm. in different settings um you know and that's that's certainly one consideration as far as inclusion goes
0: okay good uh so i think that gives us a pretty good perspective here and we have some of those uh you know diverse categories covered here although obviously some are absent from our from our panel of three people here um and and those are might be uh, topics or categories worth di- delving into in more detail um Absolutely. With, with different panelists too. Um so there's and there's different levels where we can talk about inc- inclusivity. Um so I want to start off by talking about having the game be inclusive itself like in mm-hmm. ga- in game. Um sure. And, and I want to start off with why. Why do we want a game, a fantasy setting or a fantasy game or, or even, you know, a sci-fi or whatever, right? Why, why do we want this to be inclusive?
1: Well, if we're talking about, you know, the game, it depends on whether or not we're talking about um, at, the, at the game table, you know, the, the actual play experience of the game. Or if we're talking about the, the contents of the game system itself Mm -hmm. and I think both are can be inclusive in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um you know we want we want our game tables to be inclusive simply because uh I think that it benefits gaming as a hobby um to attract the the broadest number of people that it can. Uh, Tabletop gaming is a small hobby, comparatively speaking. Um, And Um, You know, it's one that is primarily learned through experience. Uh, Most people get into tabletop gaming because they're introduced to it by someone. Um, They have a chance to play with friends, or they go to a store or an event, uh, or they go to a convention. And, you know, at those sort of situations, we want our game tables to be welcoming, uh, we want everybody to feel like they belong, um, that uh, they can have the opportunity to come and play. I had, you know, uh, uh, a wonderful uh, time having dinner with a um, the gamers table um, at um, GenCon just recently, and um, one of their newer members was a young woman um, who told me that one of the reasons that she hadn't initially. Uh, gotten into into gaming was because she hadn't felt welcome um until she'd found this group and um that you know oftentimes she got the oh well you're a girl so why would you be interested in this kind of response uh from other you know games that she tried to to get into um and i think that that's That's just, you know, that's counterproductive, you know, in terms of how if we want to have a strong and vital hobby community, um, then turning people away from the game table is not how we're going to do it.
0: Sure. Sure. Uh, and, and in terms of the game system and the setting, uh, you know, some people will, will critique the inclusive movement, right? Um, sure. By saying, you know, well, but it is, it is loosely built on a foundation of European medieval uh, society, and that certainly was not a particularly inclusive or, or you know, d- didn't include a lot of gender equity or whatever. There wasn't a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So why should my game have that? Uh, sure. I'm curious well, about both of your responses to that.
1: European medieval society also did not feature a whole lot of beholders um, or displacer beasts, for example. Well, and the Um, chance
2: of going from a farmhand to a knight was really
1: low. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, to me, it it always – whenever anybody pulls out the realism card uh, when it comes to inclusivity, I I always find it fascinating the things that that snap people's suspenders of disbelief Mm. Um, you know, uh, yes, absolutely. Medieval European society was was terrible in that regard. Um, and, you know, in many, many regards, it was, you know, in a, an absolutely terrible place to live as a human being, um, even if you were um, white, male, and Christian, uh, and uh, straight, at least ostensibly. Um, but... Uh, you know, we're talking about worlds of fantasy that we have created. Um, very few role-playing games that I know of are partaking of an historically accurate um, setting for, to begin with. Mm. And even if they are, um, the characters, the player characters, are by definition extraordinary people. Um, so, who is to say that, uh, in spite of the unfortunate, you know, situation in a historical setting uh that the player characters can't be a diverse lot uh at the very least sure Um,
0: yeah and it sort of feels like if you're going to make an exception in your realism for oryx then why can't we also make exceptions in the realism that make everybody at the table or even people who aren't at the table who may potentially someday be at at your table uh feel more uh like it reflects them so, yes, right. absolutely. There's no real and, reason not to, right?
2: Right. And also for me, uh, talking about that, like what snaps you out of reality, um, having now looked at some of medieval history and stuff like that, just the choice that if, like I was saying earlier, like a farmhand could work his way up to become a knight or become mm-hmm. someone rather important in a game, but women have absolutely no role mm-hmm. in in the society that we're playing in, yeah. uh, doesn't... It's it's one of those things like this doesn't make sense to me anymore, and and it breaks my suspension of disbelief. Mm.
0: Okay, so Tracy, let's say I've been playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I've been playing it for thirty years. I've never had a girl in my group, and I don't want to. Ha- I don't want to play in a group with a girl. Obviously, <laughs> there's problems with that, right? But assuming I'm that person, so why should I bother to make my 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 setting more more inclusive, even in those conditions? Is, well, I
2: mean. It, if you don't want to play with a girl to begin with, I
0: (laughs) (laughs) then then, then you're a lost cause.
2: (laughs) I I think you're probably, you, you potentially may be doing the, the girl or woman a favor by making that clear. (laughs) I don't know. So you may disagree, but
1: (laughs) well, no, I don't. I mean, and, and, you know, to be honest, people should and people should play the way they want to play mm-hmm. uh, you know this this isn't you know anybody I'm not telling anybody how they should run their game um, I'm saying however you know if your attitude is you I don't want to play with girls um, then I honestly think you're you're not doing your beloved hobby uh, you know uh, a favor in that regard um, and it's something you may want to think about, you know, on the other hand, if it's just, Hey, I just can never, you know, found a girl who wants to play in my group. Well, then maybe you need to look a little harder or maybe you need to, you know, make it clear to those, you know, girls who have already been told several times, you know, well, you're a girl, why would you want to play? Mm-hmm. You know, that you're cool with that and you would love to have them play, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and I, um,
0: and I think I would even argue that um, in a world where there's more inclusivity, um, it, it's a richer, more, more interesting world to play in, anyway. Um, yeah. So even if you don't have a diverse group of players that you're playing with and don't plan to in the future or whatever, um, that doesn't mean that there's still not value in having an interesting setting. And, and I don't know, an inclusive setting seems more, way more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, I find inclusive world way more setting and way more interesting in general. A, diver, a diverse setting has more stuff going on and more stuff going on means more interest. I'm sorry Tracy you were saying?
2: Uh, just the one thing too about that situation where the, someone doesn't want to play with a girl um, one thing I would hope that they wouldn't do is if somebody presents their setting even if they they want to play with girls but uh, they present their setting, and someone says, "No, thanks." Like that doesn't really feel like the game I want to be in. Then attacking them is probably not a good way sure. to go.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, I was. I had I had more in my, for my hypothetical. I had more in, in my mind that you know I've had the same group for so long. There's no, I don't want to play with anybody else. Sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, yeah. I just sort of wanted to tease out the idea that even if you don't have a particularly inclusive group or diverse group, it's still there's still value in having inclusivity in your in your game system and setting. So, So, Steve, you'd also mentioned um, a little bit of the idea of having a more inclusive game makes it more welcoming at the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to talk more about that inclusivity at the table. So, you know, we've established sort of some ideas about inclusive games, but what about an inclusive table? How do do you do that, besides having a game that's inclusive?
1: Well, you know, I think for starters it's a matter of... um, You know, being open, you know, to to the notion that, you know, everybody, you know, can and may want to play, you know, that gaming is not, you know, uh, it's not a boys' club, it's not a straight boys' club, it's not anybody's exclusive club, it's, you know, for anybody who enjoys gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know my own experience you know having been to quite a lot of uh, conventions and you know other you know pretty diverse events is that you know that's a pretty broad cross section of people so uh, you know just for starters um, being open to that um, i I think is is a good beginning, but I think it's also a matter of of um, listening to what it is your, your players want and don't want out of the game. And I think that's just a good game mastering skill in general, uh, whether you're di- dealing with a diverse range of players or not, um, just because players will give you some sense of the things that they, they want and that they don't want uh, to, to see included as far as the game goes.
0: Okay. And so um it, should people go out of their way to be to to invite people of more diversity to try to create more diversity at their table? Um or should they just sort of let things happen naturally?
1: Well, again, I think that people should do what they they feel, you know, comfortable with. Um I don't think that people are under, you know, any Sure, yeah. We're not know, mandating the rules of how you're going to play your game, right? You know. But you know, on the other hand, I think there's something to be said for, for you know trying new things and you know mm-hmm. getting to know new people and maybe inviting some folks to your game that you might not have otherwise, um, just to give you know give them an opportunity uh, to play. Um, if someone expresses interest, you know, um, like you know Tracy says, rather than you know kind of brush it off. And say, "Oh, you wouldn't enjoy it, or you wouldn't be interested, or whatever." You know, if they express interest, say, "Okay, let's give it a shot." Mm-hmm. You know, um, you might like
0: it. Yeah, one of the biggest mistakes I ever made in my life was uh, that one week in college when my my then girlfriend, now wife, expressed an interest in playing at our, in our D anD D game. Mm-hmm. And I shut her down, not because she was a girl. I shut her down because that was sort of my me time, and I didn't, you know, I didn't want it encroached, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, but I've been kicking myself ever since. I'm like, oh man, now I, I could have had a had a spouse who was into gaming with me, and and now I don't. But
2: and what's what's kind of funny is that part of the reason I didn't play for a long time was that first it was my brother's thing, and then it was my, my husband's, like my boyfriend, and then husband's thing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to encroach on. Mm-hmm. On his time and then and so it took a little while to reinforce like uh, reassure me that no, it was okay, we want you to play, mm-hmm. and then I mm-hmm. played
1: yeah, 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 one of the players in my current game group is the wife of one of the previous players mm. um, who had been with the group for uh, several years prior to that, so um, you know that sort of thing you know is is a great opportunity, you know if somebody expresses interest mm-hmm.
0: So I think the, the third level, I mean, uh, having inclusive inclusivity inside your game is one thing. Having inclusivity at your table adds sort of another piece to that puzzle. Um, but we've also talked about the idea of wanting to have an inclusive gaming community. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can people as gamers do to try to help make people feel welcome in the community as a whole?
1: Well, I think that, you know, really the, the, the community thing is, is sort of, a, you know, how to make your gaming table more welcoming on a larger scale. A lot of it is um, a willingness to be open um, to the idea of a more diverse community, uh, to not dismiss out of hand the notion um, that a very diverse range of people are interested in gaming and enjoy gaming and are, are, you know, in fact, you know, excellent players and game masters and, you know, even game designers in their own right. Um, And um, to be willing to, uh, to listen, you know, to their, their, their various experiences, you know, both their, the things they really enjoy, you know, um, and just want to geek out about and say, you know, wow, this is really awesome. Um, you know, but also the, the things that, you know, areas where they, they face difficulties um, and to, to be aware that those things are not personal attacks or criticisms of specific people necessarily, but are just pointing out, you know, inequities in our culture. And I mean not just, you know, the gaming hobby culture, but our, our culture as a larger whole. And uh, I think that oftentimes uh, the the sort of reflexive uh, reaction uh, to those people bringing up those kinds of concerns is to try to find ways to minimize or dismiss uh, or, you know, kind of downplay them. Um, And I think that 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 is something that makes people feel uh, unappreciated or unwelcome uh, when it feels like their concerns are being dismissed.
0: Sure, and there's a certain level of if we're more inclusive in our lives and portray ourselves that way, but also as gamers, then mm-hmm. it doesn't create that barrier too, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I would hope so. Yeah,
0: Tracy, did you have thoughts? Yeah, I, mean, well, I know, I know, you have thoughts. Did you have something to share?
2: <laughs> well, I think like two things uh, would be: one is that a lot of people seem, in my experience, to view a lot of it as zero sum. So if there mm-hmm. are changes made to, let's say, artwork, to, to put more women and people of color in the artwork, that means that, that there's only so many pieces that are ever going to be created and we're now taking away from someone, when in fact if we grow, perhaps we'll have actually more books that get sold and more artwork produced. Mm-hmm. They don't always think of it that way. Mm-hmm. And then the other one I hear a lot of is this concern <laughs> that uh, if I don't play the same way that they do, like there's this way of playing D&D that's very important and if I don't play that way, then what I'm really doing is making it more likely that they won't be able to find other players that play that way, which I don't understand. <laughs> but it's a common thing that I keep hearing uh, from hmm. people.
1: I don't really understand that either.
2: <laughs> yeah, it it seems like it's kind of like, I don't I feel weird saying well, it's almost like a purity thing.
0: It, 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 it's almost a, I mean, if you want to go this route, it's almost a... Um, if you know, I'm I'm cool with girls gaming, but they're more into, you know, the white wolf stuff. The, uh, I'm playing D D over here. That that sort of mentality, is that what you're talking about?
2: Yeah. And and they're I think they're afraid that they'll show up at, at new games and somebody will people will just be playing the game differently than they want to play, and therefore what you really have to do is stop the people who might cause that change.
1: Hmm. hmm. That's interesting. I I was going to say, honestly, anybody who thinks that there's such a thing as girly um, (laughs) D&D has obviously not played D&D with the women that I have played with. (laughs) Because, man.
0: (laughs) Well, and that that actually brings up an interesting idea. Uh, So let's say we've created a more inclusive setting and a more inclusive table uh, Mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, Does that... How does that affect the the things the the topics that I address the the things that happen at my table the things that that occur in my game uh,
1: mm-hmm. the,
0: in the story that I'm telling you know do I do I need to you know how how does that dynamic work out you know it's
1: well Tracy you want to address this first
2: sure I mean I think part of it is one thing you, you might find a, a, as you get like let's say you have a, a table that's traditionally male and then you get more women you may actually just find the topics are the same like they're they're, st- they're all interested in the same things mm. uh and it might break down some of those uh biases we have in our head about gender and what cares and you might also find that something like um that one of the new players brings up is something that somebody else already at the table had had wanted to address but had been afraid to mm-hmm. um so that's like one, one thing i would say about it
1: mm. yeah i i agree i mean i think that um Interestingly enough I think that oftentimes making a di- a more diverse game will actually show point out a lot of the the similarities between people rather than the differences yeah. and my experience has been that it really doesn't change things all that much you know in terms of you know the sort of things that we we do in games um you know it's still going to be a lot of the same issues you know Mm -hmm. of of you know human drama and you know story drama Mm -hmm. because those those things are fairly universal um and you, you i find that things like um uh race and culture and and um orientation and gender have a tendency to to kind of uh fade into the background in a lot of those regards and you can certainly have you know stories or subplots that that kind of focus in on those things um but you know uh, a romance story is a romance story you know regardless of the 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 genders of the the people involved and uh you know a hero who is seeking the, you know, truth about the, you know, mystery of his birth is still the same character regardless of his racial ethnicity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think some of the I mean some of the issues that I think people think are gonna come up because now I've got women at my table or I have uh, somebody who's homosexual at my table or whatever and um, now the the moments of sexuality or romance are gonna be weird and awkward and whatever um, I think that's just an issue of knowing your your group anyway um, mm-hmm. regardless of the diversity at your table um, I think some people are comfortable with some things and not comfortable with other things and and you just need to sort of know who's comfortable with what regardless of the diversity at your table um, mm-hmm. you know sure. Sure. Uh, I know. I know that if Tracy's at my table, there there's a, a level of sexuality that is just fine because she she's not a prude, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and I don't mean that people are prudes if they if they disagree. I'm. It's an inside mm-hmm. joke with Tracy. People are calling Tracy prude. <clears throat>
2: um, yeah. Well, I mean, I I know I've been at tables where. Uh, i I often play female characters, and a female character having interest in a love interest is weird to them, but mm-hmm. the guys get to flirt all day, so it's mm-hmm. definitely something that that um I, I think sometimes it makes people think in different ways but okay. but at the end of the day, like we're all still having the same uh interest in the game. It's just we're not used nece- always necessarily used to fulfilling those interests
0: okay, okay. so 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 that's happening at my table. Let's say that there's a girl at my table that hasn't been there for the the years before and joined us a month ago or whatever, and uh, and she starts flirting, and other people are kind of uncomfortable with that. Or or there's a, a homosexual uh, player at the table, and they start flirting, and and somebody's not you know not sure quite sure how to handle that, or it's awkward. How do how what, do, what do we what's our advice?
2: Sounds like conversation
1: time. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I think it's it's time for everybody to talk about where their comfort level is mm-hmm. and you know uh how they would like to handle it, you know.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's tricky, right? Because on one hand, um I recognize that some people are going to be fine with the guys flirting, but not okay with uh, the girls flirting or whatever, right? Um mm-hmm. but I think that conversation can take place in saying, "Look, we're, you know, what are we comfortable with or not? Uh, mm. And if we're not comfortable with one, let's not set a double standard. I think is fair mm-hmm. is fair to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. So I I agree. At least I, I would like to imagine a world where
1: people don't set a double
0: standard. I know some people would be fine with it, but sure.
1: And you and- know, one of the the interesting elements of of tabletop role play." is that you also get all kinds of cross-gender and cross-sexuality play to begin with Mm. because, you know, there are women playing male characters Mm. and men playing female characters and straight people playing gay or bisexual characters and queer people playing straight characters Mm -hmm. and of course you know that's not even counting the (laughs) non-human characters that don't even have gender or sexuality as we understand them um, you know in various settings so that a degree of that exists already Mm. even if you have a completely homogenous no pun intended um, you know group of players absolutely uh, so if let's say people are
0: convinced right they've they've heard us talking about it they're like, yeah well, there should be more inclusivity um how how do can people get more involved in advocating for inclusivity in the community in, in the games uh how can uh, is there organizations they could join or uh, kickstarters they should support or or what tracy
2: oh i don't it's, that's such, like, a big list of it, things. It, it like is a big, big is. list of things. <laughs> <It> <laughs> uh, I, I think one of the things, if they happen to have the means and time and opportunity to go to conventions, there's often a lot of panels where uh, people are talking about the issues from all the different, from many different intersection points, not not necessarily all, but many, uh, and they could start there and, and just make friends with people. And re- uh, I think one of the biggest problems I often have is uh, – a need to have a support group around me because sometimes people can be rather angry and mean to me online because of Mm -hmm. what I try to say. And like just being supportive is, is
1: helpful, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's primarily, um, educate yourself as much as you can. Um, and that involves seeking out resources and, and, you know, things like, you know, uh, diversity, you know, panels or articles or podcasts such as this one, uh, and um, doing all you can to find out more, you know, about how to, you know, uh, diversify your your game and your group uh, experience. And then it's really just a matter of, of modeling those things and being, you know, the being the kind of gamer that you want to be as far as including other people. You know uh, and it's really not all that arcane. Um, it's treat people equally, treat them all like people um, and you know be friendly and welcoming and you know include them in your fun. Um, you know uh, George Martin has that famous quote you know when he was asked about how it is he writes women, he says, "Well, you know I've always had this notion that women are people um, you know and that's that pretty much applies to everybody. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's so funny because i i try to talk about that too and it's it's interesting sometimes the responses back i'll get like that you should only have an all-women group if it means a certain thing which kind of suddenly doesn't make it about them being people but them being symbols of the feminine right mm-hmm. and and stuff like that so yeah so and, and listen and y-
0: and yet like, it's not rare to see an all-male group and that doesn't have to mean anything
2: right no <clears throat> And I was going to say also uh, a lot of listening. I know um, some people kind of roll their eyes at that, but hmm. uh, people's experiences are different. Um, the can be different at the very least. And and listening and understanding where they're coming from first before you try to respond may be a good thing. It may help. Cool.
0: So okay. I have I have sort of one last question or topic to, to look at. Uh, we we are primarily a D&D podcast. Uh, how does D&D do on the inclusivity scale
1: that resounding silence mm. i guess <laughs> i will say Well, i'll start by saying uh, much better <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um I, you know i can say you know having um uh worked um on uh, out of the abyss and uh sword coast adventurers guide um that uh right from the get-go Um, and right from the, the construction of products and, um, uh, you know, just, you know, ground up guidelines, um, you know, Wizards of the Coast is, is very much a believer in inclusiveness. Um, and so, um, you know, there's a great deal of, of, of attention paid to making sure that, uh. People are aware that there's a diverse range of people in the D and D worlds, just as you know, broad a range as there is in the real world, if not more so, um, and that you know, all of those that vast range should be depicted as as often as possible. So you know, I've I've found uh, uh, particularly the current edition of of D and D pretty good, uh, you know, in in the the focus on on being diverse, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, and I and I think they're still making improvements because, like mm-hmm. the the starter set adventure, I think it was that one did have, uh, like the like this guy was a farmer and his wife is the farmer's wife, and mm-hmm. the most recent one didn't have that. So, like, I think they are making those sorts of improvements to the text too, yeah, uh, making sure mm-hmm. that there are women, and I think even in the most recent one uh characters from different uh societies within the forgotten realms uh were important characters it
0: wasn't it yeah. wasn't just men I know there were some efforts made in like uh when before the edition came out when they were creating the art bible um yep. and they they created you know uh this is the look of di- these different groups of of humans <clears throat> and so yes. instead of giving their artists the direction of you know give me a a human cleric and getting the same, you know, white human cleric that they've always gotten, uh, mm-hmm. they're saying, give me a, a human cleric from Termish and that has a very specific look, and it's a fairly diverse group of, of humans on Faron, on so. Mm-hmm.
1: There are, and there's, they also make a point that there are very diverse non-humans mm-hmm. as well, and that, you know, um, gold dwarves and sun elves, you know, are very brown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they are not, you know, uh, gold elves are not pale-skinned, for one thing. Um, you know, and so there there's a diverse range all over the place, uh, mm-hmm. as far as that goes.
0: Yeah, and, and the uh, is it the gender section of the player's handbook also had some fairly inclusive language in it that got a lot of mm-hmm. attention when the book was first published?
1: It did. It so, did.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, although I don't think you can say that D&D has historically always been so inclusive. It certainly seems to have moved in that direction with the latest edition. Is that that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Cool.
0: So, any other last thoughts from either of you or any of us about uh, inclusivity in gaming at our table in the community uh, in D and D? How inclusive is Out of the Abyss? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, out of the abyss, <laughs> out of the abyss, for for uh, an adventure that that takes place amongst the diverse and largely degenerate races of the Underdark, um, out of the abyss is still uh, a pretty diverse product. Um, the characters. I, I expect definitely expect a lot of meet... dark-skinned characters. There are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are uh, a, a lot of um, gray and black, literally black-skinned yeah. characters. Um, but um, out of the abyss does have a, a really wide range of, of characters in it. Um, and I think that one of the, the things that I like um, about the adventure is is just the sort of diverse cast of characters that the the players uh, will encounter through the course of the adventure. Uh, there are a lot of personalities uh, in in the adventure. Um, and they they cover they span a very broad range um so I, I think that people will find uh the uh the adventure uh, quite diverse in its way um but uh it also focuses on a very different corner uh of the of the forgotten realms compared to what we've seen so far
0: yeah, very cool, yeah, and, and I don't, and, and that's a nice little tease. I don't want to get too much into it because I'm hoping that this episode becomes a trilogy of Steve um uh, interview episodes. <laughs> since you have two products coming out that we'll be reviewing mm-hmm. in the next few months, so hopefully you're you're happy enough with uh, your time here that you're willing to come back and talk to us about show. So. <laughs> sure, I'd I'd absolutely be happy to. Great, Tracy. Do you have any last thoughts um, about inclusivity at the in gaming?
2: Well, one of the things I was just thinking about. Uh, when talking, when Steve was talking about Out of the Abyss, is one of the things about 5th edition uh, changed to a more theater-of-the-mind style, so you don't have to have all those maps and set-piece encounters all the time. It seems like it opened up more room to do things like describe the townspeople more, mm-hmm. and and I think that allows for there to also to be more of that diversity if the designers decide to choose it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you... I forget, was it Village of Hamlet that had to mm-hmm. the gay couple yes. in it. Yeah.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about it within the products themselves. Not yeah. Nas- not nas- yeah, because at the table it's really easy to just sort of describe, oh, there's a guy there and he's kind of overweight and he's yeah. he's wiping out the glass and not give any sort of details, you know, so every player is envisioning them differently, you know, so.
2: Yeah, so, and like uh, in Prince of the Apocalypse I think they had the one where the sheriff uh, and was living with another guy and, And the butcher. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember Mm -hmm. the exact which one was which, but they're just living the other. And and I do want to point out that it's not like there was never any diversity ever in in the products Mm. before, because Village of Hamlet did have the gay couple, and Mm -hmm. uh and so that that people keep pointing out, and it really spoke to them at the time. So I'm glad that uh, yeah, and 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 the
0: realms are tricky anyway, right? Because you might be describing somebody as Tweegan, but unless of somebody's a real realms fan and and knows what that means you know they're, they're describing a a, a minority mm-hmm. group right. without actually spelling out what that looks like and so uh, in a lot of pe- pe- people's minds i think it was always just oh so they're from that area but it's still just a white guy you know yeah
2: yeah yeah because that kind of happened with rue in uh hungry games people even though she's described in the books as having uh i think it was tawny skin uh mm-hmm. when a a girl of color was picked as the actress for the movie. There was a huge outrage over it. Mm. Uh, (laughs) uh, And then uh, also in, in Prince of the apocalypse, the artwork, like one of the few things they do in the town is show uh, one of the women as having darker skin, which, which helps reinforce that. No, these aren't just all white people.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. The art is, is appearing more diverse and that's at least um, putting it in people's minds. Even if you don't have art of a specific character, um, that maybe a DM will recognize. Oh, this is a pretty diverse town, and describe it that, and describe characters that way.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, so I guess that's our last thoughts. Um, we want to thank Steve for joining us, and oh, we my pleasure. and we will hopefully be having you back to talk about um, Out of the Abyss and the Sword Coast. Was it Sword Coast Adventures? Sword Coast Adventurers Guide. Guide. Yeah. So. Uh, hopefully, we'll have you on to talk about both of those and the process of, of writing those and working on it. So um, that'll be fun then. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll call this the end of that episode. And that's the end of this episode.
2: We would like to st- say thank you to our sponsor, Noble Knight, as well as our guest, Steve Kenson, and all of you for supporting the show by shopping from our affiliate links when you use Amazon or DD d Classics.
0: Awesome. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at thetomeshow at gmail.com or call the biz line at 919-BizTome. That's 919-B-I-Z-T-O-M-E. However, please don't give that number to your CVS pharmacy. When they call me to tell me that your, your prescription is ready for pickup, I cannot forward that to you. But I've got about three of those calls in my voicemail. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but you need to go pick up your drugs from CVS. <laughs> yeah.
2: And that's episode 255, where we confronted one of our th- thorniest foes, our own biases, and thought of ways to make our tables more welcoming to all. In this episode of. I'm on the walk.